Welcome to Real Talk, the Daily Californian's arts and entertainment podcast about film and television. My name is Grace Orris, and I am an assistant arts and entertainment editor at the Daily Californian. And with me today, I have... Hey, everybody. I'm Jackson Kim Murphy. Uh, I was an assistant arts and, te- uh, arts and entertainment editor here at the Daily Californian not too long ago. Yes, and today is a special clown edition of Real Talk, because we are going to be putting on a happy face and giving our thoughts on the new Joker movie. We're going to talk about if we think it's good, how it stacks up against other versions of the character, and if it should win an Oscar, which, spoiler alert, it shouldn't. (laughs) So Jackson, what did you think of the movie? Yeah, um, this movie has been... Uh, subjects not the right word but has uh gone through one of the biggest hype cycles of pretty much any other movie this year i think um yeah it's only and it's got a lot of controversy around it we've already gone through like nine cycles of discourse around it when it like premiered at the venice film festival and then won the golden lion the top prize at the festival and has been the only studio film to win that award in decades i think um and it feels weird to finally get to the movie it coming out and it kind of just be this sort of big shrug of a thing i would agree i think it's had kind of an insane arc so when the first trailer came out it divided people a lot of comic book fans were like this is going to be it like this is going to be the comic book movie that wins best picture and then some people were like this looks like garbage And then it won it at Venice and got all these, like, glowing reviews. And this was, like, I don't know, like, a couple months or a month before it came out. And then it came out and the backlash happened. And now it's, like, controversial because it's dangerous. And having seen it, (laughs) having seen it, I don't think it's dangerous. I don't think it's controversial. I think it's, like, trying to be those things. I think the movie thinks that it's very subversive. And it thinks that it's, like, this big deal. Like, every single scene is staged as, like, this big revelation. And it, like, has these nods to all these, like, random, like, elements of social commentary, I guess you would call it. But, like, nothing materializes from any of it. No. It's, um, it, for better or worse, and pretty much for worse solely, (laughs) it is a quote-unquote for God's sake, response to our times. Um, And that is just a nightmare and so exhausting to think about that this is a response to our times. It's not a good response to our times. It's not an astute response to our times, but it is trafficking in these cultural ideas and like things in the air uh like he accidentally pretty much founds the occupy movement in this movie (laughs) by killing three rich guys on a train um it's doing this pastiche thing by drawing upon some old scorsese movies uh not effectively not well not imaginatively uh but like it is drawing from King of Comedy and the casting of Robert De Niro just I mean that's kind of it for the King of Comedy thing and he's a comedian and like but like narratively not that much narratively much more closely represents taxi driver where it's a sort of ostracized person on the peripheries of society who is going crazy and makes this move into very um narcissistic uh violence yeah and i feel like 
I suppose like part of the reason why people are buying into it or where there's the temptation to buy into it is I don't think it's like a bad looking movie. I think it does a good job of kind of just like adapting like that surface level aesthetic of Taxi Driver. Like, oh, everything's dirty and everything's dimly lit. <laughs> yes, there's lit. a garbage strike going on Yeah, the there's city. a garbage strike. There's a super rat epidemic. Yeah, they touch on that in the first five yeah. minutes. I wanted more of the super rats. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that like the movie really kind of prides itself on like inserting these random ideas like it feels like honest to god like a student film like it's so like it's so full of like reverence for scorsese and it like wants to be a character study um and it has these moments where it's like i don't know like thomas wayne gets on the television he's like when i see a man who's poor and can't make something of himself that man is a clown and that's just like like a serious like that's literally what he says I mean, it's just, like, random bits of dialogue like that that are so, like, hitting you over the head with the most ham-fisted commentary on Earth. Like, that is not commentary. That's just, like, make like paying lip service, lip yeah. service to these themes that, like, are prevalent today, but it has literally nothing to say about them other than, like, incorporating them, like, shallowly incorporating them into the film to seem smart, I would say. No, yeah, it's this very rote... Uh examination of a quote broken mind like it is and it's doing all these things it's trying to angle towards like a realistic look and ideas because i mean it's going through this whole process of like i mean for god's sake he's like going to social services he can't get his seven medications of which they won't really detail what those are or what they do (laughs) they don't detail they don't detail his mental health and um yeah it's just going through all these like bureaucratic like hoops and it's trying to draw from that own frustrating process in the real world which is a real problem and it is very much turning it into a bit of a cartoon and i mean you don't know much about this guy by the end i would say um cameron austin collins has a fantastic piece at vanity fair comparing this to taxi driver where his main point pretty much is taxi driver has both the intelligence and the the chutzpah to like make it subjective and put you fully in travis bickle character put robert de niro his prejudiced mind and like you see him alone in his apartment you get this um like narration from him that is very um articulate and very like disturbing but it is fully putting the viewer within this character's mind joker while it apes this sort of arc, apes this sort of character, apes this sort of type of criminal, um, it does not do that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't put you in his mind at all. You look at his journal, it's a complete, like, ludicrous college humor tier level (laughs) of just, like, like, it's just this messed up handwriting, all of it's misspelled, he's probably illiterate, and it's just like, ha, 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 ha. These, like, cutouts of, like, porno mags in it. It's yeah. just, it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't track. It does, it's not credible. Yeah. It's nothing. And I mean, just on, like, a screenwriting level, like, nothing, he, you know, he has no interiority as a character. Like, things just happen to him. Like, literally the whole movie is, like, he's crazy at the beginning, things happen to him, and he's crazy at the end. Like, if we're going to call this a character study and, like, a realistic look into a damaged mind, like, I don't see that damaged mind make any choices outside of, like, making a studio-mandated trip to Wayne Manor. That's clearly, like, Warner Brothers being like, 
we gotta put Bruce Wayne in this thing and like they like have him go to Wayne Manor for no reason and you know they literally restage like the Wayne's death at the end like complete with like the pearls, like Love the pearls, the pearls, like very like Zack Snyder, like oh, it's the pearls again. Um, and I found those like, look, I'm a comic book fan. Like, of course, I like seeing Bruce Wayne. I enjoy like when you like dogs... seeing Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered. Yeah, I love watching Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered for like the seventeenth time. Like that's my jam. But. <laughs> But it has to, like, make sense. And why I found it so infuriating in this movie is it's, like, that is the most basic, like, connecting the dots moment. Like, within a movie that is so clearly disgusted with the fact that it's a comic book movie because it wants to be a shitty Scorsese film, like, essentially. Um, And I guess that kind of leads us to the next talking point. Like, it as a comic book film and it as an adaptation of a comic book character, like... How do we think Joaquin Phoenix's version of the character kind of measures up to the past iterations we've seen? Because we've really seen this character kind of, I mean, his comic book origins, he's very, like, can't be, like, he's a clown. And then we see that in, like, Cesar Romero and a little bit with Jack Nicholson and definitely in, like, the kind of definitive Mark Hamill version. And then you have, obviously, the legendary Heath Ledger um, performance. And now the character has kind of shifted since that performance and we like it has to be serious. So we get, you know, Jared Leto as a mob boss and now we have Joaquin. So I don't know. How do we feel about that? Um, yeah, um, this it's hard. I mean, and like this is just, I think, a matter of like the current cultural mono monoculture landscape we live in in terms of what studios are making what studios are interested in making where the only way to get this 50 60 million dollar i think the budget was essentially drama there's not a lot of action in it made is for it to star one of the most iconic cultural characters of the past hundred years um so is it interested in being a comic book movie? I don't really think so. I mean, I think most notably it opens with this, I think, 70s Warner Brothers logo at the very beginning, and it does not have a DC Comics logo, which, I mean, I'm, I don't care about it really either way, but I think it's just indicative of, like, the character is trying to cultivate and, like, the and, like air of maturity it wants to have so desperately. Um, I, yeah, so I don't think it's very much interested in being a comic movie, and it's just kind of taking this character and running with it. Um, and with that, I think Joaquin's performance is... Eh, I mean, look, I love Joaquin. love a dollop of guacamole. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a great actor. One of my favorite actors, given many, many great performances. Um, and I think he's good in this movie. I think he's doing pretty much exactly what... The director, Todd Phillips, wants him to do. Um, He's based, I mean, but it's just, it's the kind of tics and the kind of sort of dementedness that I think he can honestly just do sleepwalking at this point. It's nothing that we haven't really seen from before, and it's used to very unimaginative ends. It's, the movie tries to get so much out of this performance, and it's basically pretty much its only sort of, like, fuel tank. Yeah. And... It just gets very one note after a while. Yeah, it feels like, 
I mean, even, I guess the best example of it would be, like, his laugh. Like, you, I mean, every time he laughed in the movie, I could almost hear Todd Phillips being, like, like, coaching him on the laugh. Like, it has to sound crazy. And so, like, again, like, we talked about, like, the movie's depiction or, like, I guess lack of meaningful depiction of a mental illness. And that's kind of, like, how Joaquin's performance feels to me a little bit. Like, you can tell. Oh my god. You can tell he's capable of more. And it just kind of feels choreographed. Like the laugh feels coached and then everything just seems kind of like surface level choreography of what, you know, Warner Brothers thinks general audiences think mental illness is. A little bit to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, like I don't want, a comic movie doesn't necessarily, I mean, like, I think there's room for, like, in terms of tackling mental illness and trying to do all that stuff, I think there is room to get very, like, 1940s B-movie about it mm-hmm. and, like, The End of Psycho explaining this completely ludicrous uh, condition that doesn't really track at all. Um, and I think you can get very, uh, like, campy and kitschy about these kind of things. And I think Joker does that. But, I mean, it, again, it's going through all this very much, like, drawing from reality and all these yeah. real problems that it just becomes this very conflicted I think in terms of how cartoony it is and how serious it is and what what it really wants to be. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of the issue with like I guess modern iterations of the Joker's like he's inherently kind of campy, but then like the expectation now is I mean like this version of the Joker even like visually very purposefully echoes like Heath Ledger's Joker like he has like same length of hair, like the makeup is kind of similar. Um and I feel like there is this constant, like, it needs to be serious, but the character wants to be funny. I mean, Heath Ledger's version of the Joker worked within Nolan's universe as kind of like the perfect foil to Nolan's Batman. Like, that's why that kind of darker, grittier version of that character works. Like, and that script is so well written, like, he's an anarchist and Batman has this crazy need for control. And, like, that's why that works. And I think that kind of grafting that like you know this new film clearly I mean it even has like Arthur Fleck state like oh I don't care about politics like he's just an agent of chaos whatever like it's clearly trying to graft that philosophy onto this character but I don't really necessarily think that like that inherently has to be the Joker's philosophy now just because it worked in that Nolan movie and I don't know if it necessarily if that philosophy is the best choice if you're going to make it a character study because again you have to make your character make meaningful choices and you have to have a cogent vision of what you want the character to be and how you want the character to act and then writing it in that like oh he's just an anarchist he doesn't care about anything just like robs you of the ability to have him actually symbolize any of these things that you want him to symbolize or like I don't know like do anything of meaning (laughs) like so the character ends up just becoming like Again, like, just, like, parroting past versions of it, trying to be serious. And I just, again, I don't necessarily think that's always the best way to handle it, personally. No. And I think you're getting at something, talking about the Nolan film, where it is this character, uh, as much as he has garnered his own sort of reputation within the culture at this point, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um was conceived as a foil to another character. Yeah. 
Batman. Um, who we love. Who we love. <laughs> uh, I don't know, actually. Who I love. Who yeah, I, love. <laughs> I, know, I was just parroting you. I don't <laughs> I like him sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so when you remove that sort of counterpoint, uh, it kind of sands off the edges a little bit, and you kind of are left with this thing that you don't really know what to do with. Um, and I, I think, and like, in terms of... Um, portrayals of this character over the years i think romero's good and all that but i think once you get to the movies um these start to become for better or worse and i mean like again projecting 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 our tourist theory blah 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 (laughs) but like (laughs) i do think each of these iterations sort of gets to something personal with what these directors are interested in i think nicholson uh and tim burton's uh movie Tim Burton's Batman uh, is very, I mean, he's like, he doesn't represent the theatrical type that he's conceived in as the comics. It's very much the sort of like 1920s, like bootlegger. Mm-hmm. Like you see Jack Nicholson before he falls into the bat of chemicals and he's mm-hmm. like doing exactly what you want like Jack Nicholson playing a scumbag to do. He's very Chinatown. Um, and then he falls into the vat and then he's just like, like cuckoo, goofball, McGilligatty, like insanity. Um, And it's like kind of a performance that's on autopilot, but like it is also, I mean, it's Jack Nicholson on autopilot. What are you going to do? Like not like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's great. Um, But he in that movie, I think, is serving as a foil to Michael Keaton's Batman, who's also insane in his own way, who has to put on this costume and beat up people at night in order to cope with his trauma. Yeah. Um, and then again, like you said, with Heath Ledger, I think that's a good counterpoint to his Christopher Nolan's conception of Batman through Christian Bale. Uh, Jared Leto in Suicide Squad is, of course, David Ayer's like, <laughs> what if Joker ran a strip club <laughs> um, and had a grill? Um, and then you get to this movie uh, with Joaquin where he's playing it in this way where the character hasn't really been played this way before, I think, in terms... He's kind of like a... Like, almost, for lack of a better... Like, uh, he's just kind of like a sad puppy dog, almost. Yeah. Who's constantly beaten up at every turn in the movie. Um, and I think this gets to another big problem with this movie where it's just... It's hitting these same character beats again and again yeah. with all these disparate arcs and with terms of his mother. And he's a child... Like, he's a victim of abuse, which oh the God. movie uh, handles with expected amounts of grace and humility. <laughs> um, there's the Zazie Beats character who is given a totally nothing role... As a neighbor and who, like, you seeing scenes with them together where they're romantically interested. And, I, I mean, like, any any viewer should just be able to be like, oh, this isn't real. This I mean, is fake. Obviously. Like, the fact that just, like, she's literally playing a male fantasy. Yeah. Like, literally. It's like, either this is fake or this is just horrible. <laughs> I know. And it's both. Yeah. <laughs> it's fake and it's horrible. Yeah, it doesn't handle it elegantly <laughs> at all. But, I mean, he just gets beaten up at... In every nook and cranny of this movie, wherever he turns, he's like a paternalist. There's a like a search for a father. There's yeah, a couple father figures crop up. That yeah, are developed. His really. therapist runs out of funding. Yeah. It's all these things, and it there's no. I'm like I, I think Todd Phillips. You know he's a he was a comedy guy. He makes the Hangover movies where people get tased in the nuts. Like it's a, those are movies about nastiness and about people getting beaten up and like fighting comedy those things and here of course it is a it's not a comedy it's about a clown 
ha ha ha, but it's very serious. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's made comments that are like, oh, you can't be funny in this day and age, oh, in this politically correct age, even though I made the three Hangover movies and I made millions of dollars, dollars off yeah, of them I mean... and can make a Joker movie if I want to. And, like, he can do pretty much anything now. He pretty much rules the town at this point. Um, but, I mean, his conception of this character, I think, aligns with those other movies and aligns with this sort of bruised masculinity that yes and but he's just not a good dramatist and it doesn't track it doesn't it it doesn't it's not credible and it just hits the same things again and again i mean i would say even like it's so afraid of being comedic that it like verges into the unrealistic at points like there are moments in the movie that feel like they could be a bit or like could be funny or could be played for laughs like it can be a dark comedy like life you know isn't all tragic uniformly um but it really like it like does not want to be funny to the point that it's fake and insufferable because it's trying so hard to be serious um and i don't think the problem necessarily is giving the joker an origin story because we've seen that done before like a lot of people have been like oh the point of heath ledger's story is that you can't tell his you know his origin story and that's why that you know that's how the character of the joker works and i don't necessarily think that that's true i mean one of the best joker comics of all time is the killing joke which is all kind of about like it you know it's like there's the present day narrative of like the joker like trapping barbara gordon and like taunting batman uh juxtaposed against the flashbacks to the joker's origin and the whole point is you know you can have one bad day and it makes you crazy and it makes you the joker and that narrative works because again it's against the batman narrative of like batman had one bad day and it made him a crazy guy who dresses up in a rodent suit and punches people um so and that's like one of the best comic books of all time it's one of my favorites and so it shows that you can do a joker origin story if it makes sense if it like is scaffolding for the character that will do something for the story or will say something about the character or about the character's relationship with batman and i even think if you wanted to you could do a joker origin story without batman in it if you were like oh it's not the joker it's just about this guy like of course you can make a good character study and it just happens to be about the joker because that's what movies need to do to make money nowadays but this movie does not (laughs) like i don't think it's a faithful adaptation of the joker or one that considers his comic book origins like by design but i also don't think it's a good character study even though it thinks it is well yeah like i you get to the end of this movie and i don't see how this character is batman's intellectual arch nemesis exactly like i mean they staged that thing at the gate like he's looking at you know Sorry, spoilers. There's this one. He looks at... Whatever. Like, it's been out... He kills Robert De Niro. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they stage that scene of the gate where he goes up and he, like, touches young Bruce Wayne's face and, like, makes him smile or whatever. And we're supposed to, like... I'm I'm serious, you guys. It's so bad. Um, And we're supposed to be like, wow, like, one day these two will fight each other. But, like, I don't see... Like, it's not significant because, again, Arthur has no philosophy... He has no, like, things just happen to him. He's very passive. And so I don't see how he's going to, like, you know, grow to be this perfect foil to Batman. Like, you cannot have Batman in it and develop the origins of the Joker in a meaningful way where we see by the end, like, how his life has made him become, like, Batman's perfect foil. Because, like, that's clearly what the movie wants to do because they put Batman in it. So somebody who made this movie had some input and was like, we need to put Batman in this. But again, it has... No meaning as a comic book movie because it like doesn't want to be a comic book movie. It has no meaning as a normal movie either because it sucks. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> Joaquin. I think it was Joaquin who said this comment. No, it may have been Todd. Todd. I'm calling him by their first name. Todd. Hey, Todd. 
Hey, we made a movie, Todd. Um, one of them said in an interview recently where they were like, well, maybe he's not the real Joker. Maybe he inspired the real Joker later down the line. And I'm just like, this is such a galaxy brain, stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Just like, then who cares at this care. point? What? I don't. And then, there, you know, there's going to be just like millions of theories online. It's just like, proof that he is the real Joker. <laughs> and it's just, it's exhausting. It's an, what an exhausting way to look at movies. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, yeah. Like, if anyone, I will say this. <laughs> if anyone was going to like this movie, like, beyond logic, it would be me. Like, I enjoy watching Doctor Strange, you guys. Like, I <laughs> will find a reason to like it. <laughs> and I couldn't find any reason to like this because it's just the most insufferable, pretentious, meaningless exercise in, I don't know. It's like... You know, it signifies nothing. It's sound and fury signifying nothing. The yep. movie's very loud. So let's talk about how it's going to win Oscars then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Segway. <laughs> Perfect segue too. If the movie should win Oscars, I'm going to come out and say that I think the only way it gets any attention, even with all the hubbub around it, is Joaquin's performance. I think the only way it edges into any category is in the best actor category, which again, we talked about his performance. I don't think that would be earned. I still don't see the Academy giving this best picture. I mean, it won at Venice, and, like, you know, Green Book won last year, so we live in the darkest time. It didn't win Venice last year. It won Toronto. Oh, no. Green Book won Toronto. Joker won Venice. Joker, well, Joker won Venice this year, but I think the two years before were Roma and Shape of Water. Won Venice? Yeah. Oh, shit. Joker's gonna win best picture. (laughs) Which I think are all equally good movies, by the way. Okay, Jackson hates The Shape of Water. I hate The Shape of Poo-Poo. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, it, I mean, it, I mean, it's, again, we've already gone through, like, eight cycles of discourse with this movie. We're going to go through, like, 34 more because yeah. this movie is going to stick around the conversation. <laughs> but already, I mean, there's a backlash, and then already there's a backlash to the backlash that's bubbling up. Um, yeah. But Hollywood Reporter, I believe, ran a piece that was, like, talking to Academy voters and talking about Joker and talking about the controversy, and then one of them's like, I just don't know if we should award a movie that, that that's controversial like this. And, like, firstly, a movie directed, a homophobic, bloated piece of shit directed yeah. by a child rapist won four Oscars last year. I mean, the Academy, in my perspective, has really lost, like, any, like, like the high ground or, like, its ability to be yeah. holier than thou at this point. So, I mean, if if that's the logic, then whatever. Give Joker best picture. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but, I mean... There is a backlash to this, and I do think that's going to affect the movie. I mean, it's doing, it's becoming too, again, too controversial, but also too popular, and I think that can affect a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. Uh, that happened with The Stars Born last year. It just it peaked way too early. And, and then, it also I mean, came out in October, I think, like, literally the same yeah, weekend. With Bradley Cooper's best friend, Todd Phillips. I mean, Todd Phillips' best friend, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> I believe, producer on Joker. Yes, yes, he's a producer on Joker, which, which is insane. If you think about it, Todd Phillips definitely considered Bradley Cooper for Joker. Uh, That's probably true. Yeah, which is funny to think about. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I think if anything, if this has any traction, it's with Joaquin, uh, who, again, I think is pretty good in the movie, in service of a very bad movie. Yeah, He's doing everything they're asking him to do, and it's, again, it's like a very... He got skinny. His body's literally twisted. Uh, it, it's just, it is the exact kind of, I, like, I see the narrative. They I, love that narrative for best actor. They love it so much. You're like, wow. And, Method. 
I mean, it's a very crowded field, Best Actor, this year. At least that's how it's looking to shake shake out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it actually goes all the way. Um, but, I mean, man, this is the, the performance that gets Joaquin an Oscar. I'm like, I guess I'm happy as an Oscar, but... A little depressing. Oh, my God. I would put, like, 20 other things above this. I know. I mean, I think it has Best Traction and Best Actor, but I think something you said earlier is maybe... Um, apropos in this situation, like the narrative around Green Book last year, I remember, like with a lot of Academy voters was like, everybody is telling me like, this is bad that I can't like this movie, this perfectly fun movie, like screw those people. I'm going to vote for best picture. And so I feel like, like you said, the backlash to the backlash may in like some very dark timeline help Mm. Joker get into the best picture race and like very, you know, it could pull off a very unlikely win if like the backlash this backlash is like screw it it was a deep movie but i think that that's unlikely i think joaquin might get his might get a nomination for this and also because there's precedent i mean obviously heath heath ledger won for playing the joker like yeah there's precedent for seeing this role as like an actor's actor's role um and one that you like go to extreme lengths to play sort of which joaquin like they're already playing into that narrative with the press around the movie's release yeah and i think they could easily continue that going into Oscar season. Like, I've seen TV spots for this movie revolving completely around Joaquin Phoenix's performance and, like, reviews, you know, quotes from reviews praising that performance. So I don't think it's a long shot that he gets into the race. I don't see the movie cropping up anywhere else because, again, it's, like, the Academy's pretty loath to give comic book movies, like, a lot of nominations across the board. I mean, Black Panther got the Best Picture nom and it won some other Oscars, but Black Panther also had, you know it's important and it changed yeah that was like yeah that was a like you had like and like black panther's good but like you had to do this it's good but the narrative around it was like extremely strong into like getting into that race and i don't think the narrative around joker is comparable no it could be like again i've seen i saw bohemian rhapsody win best editing like anything could happen and i'd be like might as well but if I'm a betting woman, I'd say it only gets a best actor nom if it gets into the race. If it if its momentum doesn't peter out, which it might, because *The Star Is Born* came out in October and its momentum petered out. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, this is a comic book movie, whether this movie likes it or not. Yes. And that is going to affect how it is interpreted and how highbrow people will see it as. Yeah. Um. Well. To wrap it up, (laughs) Jackson and I thought this movie sucked, and we don't think it should win Oscars. No, I mean I think it's I think it's like preposterous that it's even being discussed discussed in this conversation. But like I feel that way about like half the movies every year. So I mean, what are you gonna do? (laughs) What can you do? That's Um, the joys of award season. That's that's why it's fun, you know. That's that's why it's good. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to watch a good Joker performance, you should Google. You should search YouTube for (laughs) I'm ending it with this. You should search YouTube for a video called My Joker Performance and watch that video. Is it the first thing that comes up? I'm pretty sure it's the first thing that comes up. It's this guy in a community theater production who's playing the Joker, and he clearly forgets his lines. And all he can say is, I'm the Joker, baby. Yeah. And it's good. It's very good. It's a very good Joker (laughs) performance. (laughs) Yeah, better than this movie. Go watch that instead. That's my closing thoughts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my closing thoughts are uh, go see other movies in in theaters. Please, please, please. Yeah. There's so many good movies out right now. And Gemini Man. Okay, the Gemini Man's 
fucking chill. Jeremy's <laughs> uh, <laughs> chill. There's a Takashi Miike movie out now, First Love. About to get to this weekend. The Lighthouse is going to come out. Parasite's going to come out. Go see those. Please go see movies. Go see movies that actually have something to say, please. Go see movies that aren't starring comic book people. <laughs> but comic book movies are fun. But they, also go see different movies, too. They can be fun. They are fun. They, not universally. <laughs> no. We're kind of just gliding in right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> closing thoughts. Joker was a joke. Uh... Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Talk, the Daily Cal Signature Arts and Entertainment Film and Television Podcast. I have been Grace. I'm Jackson. Thanks for listening and tune into the next episode. And be sure to read Daily Cal's content this week. We have a lot of articles revolving around villains, around Batman villains, around Maleficent. So be sure to check out some of that content if you love villain-based content. And tune in for the next episode of Real Talk. Thanks for listening.